You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's time for episode 163 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Michelle. Michelle from Hawaii. Woo, I'm in Hawaii, y'all. <laughs> How are things in Hawaii, Michelle? They're good. They're um, rainy, but it's a lot warmer rain than it is in LA. So <laughs> that's really great. And um, because of the warmth, uh, and like the moisture, it's been really good on my throat. Like when I was leaving LA, I, my doc, I was coughing a lot. My doctor thought I had bronchitis and then we find out it's like a viral bronchitis, um, like a mild case, but coming here, it's like really helped. So I haven't been coughing as much. So hopefully I won't have to mute myself a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it's been pretty good and, um, really nice. Like, yeah, I've heard, I've heard Hawaii's nice. Yeah, have you now? <laughs> yeah, no. From from everything I've seen and heard, I've heard, uh, yeah, it looks it looks like a decent place to go. No, you know, it's literally just like the seventh layer of hell. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? People right now are watching The Force Awakens. I'm watching on Twitter. ABC is airing um, The Force Awakens. I don't know if this is a first time thing, but uh, I, yeah, it's it's on, and people are. I think people are sticking around because they're expecting some kind of snippet of Episode Nine news attached to it at the end. Oh yes, that makes sense. Let's let's uh, kick off the show by welcoming Mr. Joe Hallows to the Powerful Friends. Thank you, Joe. Joe Joe snapped a lengthy slump for us, and and we take one one small step closer to our goal. And you can take you can help us. You can be the next hero, the wind beneath our wings. Help us get to that goal at uh, becoming a powerful friend on Patreon. So go go check us out. You'll be able to binge our back catalog of of ridiculous episodes of Sith Disturbers and, and all the other stuff, which if I understand Joe correctly, the, those old episodes nearly killed him. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm still making my way through them. They're so good. It's just like, anytime you need a pick me up or a good laugh, I just need some ridiculous banter. Or if you just need to feel smart, I mean, it's really great. <laughs> Sith Disturbers is, is, uh, yeah, it's one of those shows where we just kind of, uh, Lose our brains a little Lose bit. Lose our brains but in a, great a lot. Way. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if you knew this, Michelle. Uh, Patreon tagged us as adult content now because of the. Oh my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Because of the servers? Because of Matt Keegan. I'm sticking it all on uh, him. Oh, the book. <laughs> That's what it is. Yep. Darn. Yep. We were a family show. We were. We were. Uh, anyway. Let's let's move ahead here. Episode nine, Michelle. Done. Principal photography at long last. What a long shoot. But they're done. I know. That photo that they posted of um Daisy and the oh God and Oscar, Oscar and John. John. Oh my God. I just couldn't. That that made me emotional. I feel like on on so many of my friends on on Instagram had like shared that post and they were like this is my star wars and i was like oh my heart it, i just it, i that pretty much broke fandom oh my gosh yeah i mean 
that's what we want. That's what we wanted. The three of them hugging, like Oscar almost looking like he's crying. Like, oh, I just, my heart was like, no. It's, it's, it's so strange. It feels like we just got underway with this trilogy and now it's for them. It's, it's essentially done. They're going to have like, uh, you know, have to do the rounds when the movie drops and do the, the whole press thing, but it, it's over unless, unless, you know, down the road, they bring them back. But even if they do bring them back, it's not going to be the same. And they might not all be back at the same time. And yeah. they might not all film together on the same scenes. Like going on, going forward, they might just be, you know, interacting with the new next generation of people and characters. And they might, they're never, it's never going to be the same in this way with these people together again. So no, this, this is special. This, this one feels very, special. Very, it's, it's episode it's, nine. The end of the Skywalkers. It's it's the end of a a very huge era, like decades, decades. Oh my gosh! I mean, we've been. I mean, we went through this. Fans older than myself went through this in 1983. All right, done with Star Wars, and then we got we we got a little bit extra with the prequel era, and then in 2005 it was supposed to be okay. Now it's over, but now now this this feels like it's over for the Skywalker saga. I still don't know how I feel. When you said that, my heart just like squeezed a little bit. Like, I I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I on know. the one hand. I've been wrestling with I, it all I, weekend. Yeah. Like, on the one hand, I'm like, you know, I feel like it's it's time and we need to kind of usher in the next kind of era of new blood and new generations. And of course, like, it's been a really long time. But on the other hand, it's like, this is like our life. Like this is our, this is our coming of age. This is our adolescence. This is our childhood. This is our adulthood. Yeah. It's, it's everything. It's, it's been with us literally our entire lives. There's been no time in my life where I don't remember Star Wars being a part of it. It's, it's crazy, but you're right. Like as much as I would love for them to keep going, I think, I think it would do us, I think well, it'll do us all some good if we just sort of park the Skywalkers for a bit, mm-hmm. let Benioff and Weiss do their thing. Let Ryan Johnson do his thing. Let's explore something else. Maybe maybe it catches fire in a, in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And I, I also kind of want, you know, it's you want them, you want to kind of leave people off on a good note. You don't want to like beat a dead horse. You don't want to make people, you want you don't want to oversaturate something so that people, I don't think you could ever get sick of the Skywalker, like the Skywalkers and the story. But, um, you know, you don't, you also don't want to like, use it too much so that you know you're just like oh get rid of them already you know yeah, by the no, time you don't, it's on yeah. you don't want to you want you don't want to be like oh thank god it's over you want you want to miss them so i feel like you know there that's also this weird dichotomy about all like it shows in general where you just want to get out on top and you want to make sure that the memories are always good like are all good not all but like mostly good um so i mean it, it's it's hard to kind of gauge what that time is but it's 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 always bittersweet because you it's something you love so you don't want it to go away but then you also don't want it to kind of end on a sour note either so oh, it's a challenge yeah like I at the moment I like I'm not ready now to say goodbye to this cast oh me either <laughs> and I don't think I will be in ten months from now either like I'm that, not gonna that, be ready that picture just really I mean I think that's the evidence of it that that picture just knocked the wind out of all of us. It did. I just, I, I mean, it, I'm not even looking at it right now. I'm just thinking about it and it just makes me feel emotional. And, um, 
that was like a really, really, and that was great choice on whoever picked that photo, by the way, because um, that was smart. Uh, that was a really great choice. It was, it's beautiful. And I can't wait for the photo book. Um, cause if that's the type of content we're going to get for that, that film photo book and the art of the art of episode nine, I, I'm like sold. Where yeah, can I for, sure, for sure. Take for sure. all my money. Just all of it. Take it they, all. They already are. They already are taking yep. all of our money. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, we're going to have to take some loans out at this point. I think so. Well, I, that's a that's a good place to uh, to segue into our next thing. So, like, for the collectors out there, this weekend just just punched us all in the face. Like, if, if you thought your bank account was already being stretched thin, like, get ready for Triple Force Friday, <laughs> October fourth. Seriously, like just, just I just call it Force Friday, Triple Force. How do Friday. we decide what we're gonna get? Like, it's just I how uh, budgets are gone like, it's over like we, it's, it's it's over it's over like it's all it's so over like just rent a u-haul go to your local walmart or toys r us or wherever you you buy your toys and just get out the, the plastic card and just just go nuts it's, it's stupid like october 4th is the day we are getting merch for episode 9 the mandalorian and the, they should be dropping star wars jedi fallen order the video game that's what are you gonna do like, like you're gonna walk away at least a couple hundred bucks in the hole that day at least it's i mean if you don't are you a real fan i don't know <laughs> probably <laughs> but um probably a smart one that that doesn't you know under that understands consequences but i mean wow there's just so much great stuff i mean how do i decide i can't I don't know. I mean, at least for all the talk of focus that you know, we around the Commonwealth, we've been saying like, okay, the, the name of the game is focus. Pick a pick a line, pick a character, pick something, and stick with it. But they're just, they're not letting me. They they refuse to let me focus because yeah. I know I'm going to buy some black series because I won't be able to resist. I know I'm going to buy a lot of three and three quarters because that's where my heart still is. But yet I've already sort of committed to the the vintage collection stuff. And I said I would not. Yeah. I wouldn't. I wasn't going to buy any more of the regular three and three quarters. But that—that's all going to go out the window. I know it. Like I already know I'm going to collapse. As, as soon as you say you're not ever going to do something, like the—that's the universe playing tricks on you. Because that's like the same thing, like in writing or like whenever you talk about or in TV shows and film. When you say like when a character says this is not going to happen, I'm not going to die. Like that's exactly what happens. So it's like I'm not going to spend any more money. Um, sorry, jokes on you, Kyle. I think you're going to spend some money on oh, the three I think quarters. So. I absolutely <laughs> believe that I, I'm I'm screwed. But in a way, this this kind of makes me feel better about not going to celebration because if I went to that, oh, yeah. like that would that would cost me a couple grand easy, and I oh, yeah. like, I I would not be able to have anything left for October. So I'm just exactly. I I think I'll be happy to sit at home, stream a, a bunch of the panels from from Chicago, and then. Be secure knowing that, hey, maybe I'll have something, maybe on October 4th, I can go shopping and not feel totally irresponsible about it. I probably will, but you know, because I, I, I tend to overdo it on those Force Fridays. But man, oh man, we, we also had New York Toy Fair this oh, weekend. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Yep. The collector in us is just going to get demolished. So much cool stuff announced. 
we got leaks of these these hyper real figures. It's eight inch scale, very detailed. Like I think they look pretty good, and I saw they a lot of pretty amazing. Yeah, right. Like, but I, I was I'm in a bunch of of Star Wars collector groups. Mm-hmm. These things were getting almost universally panned, and I don't get it. Oh wow. I'm surprised. Yeah. Like I was like, guys, like maybe let's get a look at the figures first. But no, like they, they, they think the whole concept of it is stupid, but uh, I mean, I don't know. But I mean, at the price point, I think there's $80 us, which would Mm -hmm. become 110, 120 for me. They are going to have to sit on the shelves. I will have to wait just, just on that price point for me to actually pick them up. But I think they look pretty cool. I think they look cool too. I really like them. I think um, I don't know. I think they look really awesome. I don't see. I. I mean, I. I don't see why people would be so mad about it. Why do I like it? Why do Star Wars fans get as mad as they do? I mean, (laughs) seriously, it's like one of those things. It's just one of those properties where it's just like I. I recently got like asked all the time. I, I always get asked like, what do you think of solo? What do you think of episode nine? And like, it's really hard for me to answer because it's just, I always go like, well, how long, how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, well, I can't really just, it's not really a one word answer. And also I just like kind of want to see how the other person feels. And I, I always like to ask first. I'm like, well, what did you think? Like, why do you ask? Um, yeah. Like, like if, if, if someone just it? casually asks me, what did you think of star Wars? I'm like, well, like check like do you have should we book a time to talk about this because i'm gonna talk your ear off right about now so either there's no three second answer for me here yeah it's like the first question i get when people find out that i i talk on on the show and like we're you know i'm here and they're just like oh my god i have so many questions and i'm like about what usually it's but then also i get the knowledge testing questions because i'm a girl oh of course so yeah, it's really great. When people ask me, like, what, I have lots of questions to ask you. I'm like, it's the first thing I say is, are they based on knowledge? Because I'm just not even going to go there because I don't want to have that conversation. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. But anyway, I like them. But maybe my opinion doesn't matter. I don't know. I think it does. And I, I don't really care if it does or not. I still like these. I think they look really cool. Um, even, uh, the last Jedi Luke Skywalker, I just, I think he looks really like, it looks like him. I, they look really close. Yeah. Well, is is that from, that's from the vintage collection, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh God. So much, so much cool stuff. Like there's, I really like Lando. He looks good. There's two Landos. Uh, There's uh, Skiffguard Lando and Lando from, from Solo, a Star Wars story. They they both look fantastic. The Han Solo, I mean, it's just so good. Like, they look fantastic. And even um, the vintage Han Solo, like, stuff, and I, I just, they all look so good. I I think they look cool. And you know what? If other people don't like it, great. Then more for me, or they'll get redlined pretty soon, and then we'll get them for cheap. So. Sure, exactly. exactly. I mean, either way, it's a win for us. So Yeah, and they also, they also showed off, um, well, it was a skiff. Jabba's skiff? Mm-hmm. Yes. And Jabba's that Palace playset. So cool. Like they're going all I in. I want the Jabba's I want the Jabba's Palace playset adventure set. Like it looks the Walmart exclusive. It looks amazing. It's so cool. And um the Grand Moth Tarkin uh retro collection comes with a freaking board game. I like know. that's amazing. I, like, I have I that vintage board game. game. 
It looks so cool. Like I have the old game, but now I'm now I have to buy it again because I want the Tarkin figure that comes with it. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you have now you have a new person to play with. It's awesome. And then like if you have the, you'll see if like maybe they updated it or not. And I always like have comparing like and contrasting. Yeah. Stuff. Well, this, so just... there's this new vintage line coming, right? So it stands apart from the vintage collection. I, I forget what they call these, but uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a small, short collection. It's it's six figures in the, in the actual run, a seventh being that Tarkin figure with the game. But we've got uh, they're Luke... calling it the retro collection. The retro, okay. <laughs> oh, God. Retro, <laughs> vintage. It, my goodness, they're confusing us. But yeah, Luke, Leia, Han, Chewie, Vader, and a Stormtrooper. And this yes. is at least in the U.S., exclusive to Target. No idea mm-hmm. what's going to, if they're even going to show up here in Canada or in the U.K. I imagine somebody will carry them here, whether it's Toys R Us yeah. or we have EB Games here, which is similar that to GameStop. Sounds, yeah, that sounds like a possibility for sure, EB Games. I hope so. I really do. I, w- I want to get my hands on those for sure. Oh. And then... They look amazing. There was, there, did you see... Uh, there was some Lego stuff announced, none of which I was totally jazzed about, but I love the Von Reg TIE Fighter from Resistance. Oh my gosh, yes. It looks so cool. I Yeah, it's a 496-piece set. I, I'm i going to have to pick that one up. Like, I think it looks really, really rad. It looks, it's so, like, ex, like just extensive and like it, it i feel like it's worth the money because you're getting all these pieces and you're there's just so much time that you can spend with it um i just i that's so cool i love it totally and then finally the the, the killer for me is i think we all saw this coming because of the the success of the a new hope 40th anniversary cool. line but they will be doing an empire strikes back 40th anniversary line yes. that's going to be next year but they didn't announce what characters and it, I saw this being kicked around online. I don't know if it's official or not, but it's, it almost sounds like they might open it up to the fans to decide yeah, which characters they'll do. Right. Which is, yeah, I, wow. which is great. I think that's a really great marketing idea too for like the involvement and trying to get people excited because it's always great to be able to involve the fans in a selection process. It drums up excitement it helps kind of boost morale for like buying and excitement for buying something. And well, sure. Um, and it's, it's going to be like the fans won't be able to say you're not giving us what we want. Exactly. Because it's like, well, you voted. So it's a really smart choice on so many different levels. And, well, then, and it, what's also cool about it is like, you can, I can already kind of project what this set will be. If it's opened mm-hmm. up to fans, you can just, you can book it for the five bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. You can definitely, Yoda, he would be that. That would be another one. So that's six. Bespin Luke is seven. Hoth Leia, Hoth Han. Mm-hmm. That's you know that's seven and eight. And then they'll probably you know Lobot. He'd be another possibility oh, for sure. That could be a definite Lando. possibility. How can I Lando, forget Lando? Sure. And a, maybe yeah. a Snowtrooper. There's your ten. Ooh, sweet. But what I like about this is I, I I've avoided buying any Black Series bounty hunter. Uh-huh. And they might just fall into my lap on vintage Empire Strikes Back cards, which is Ooh. like the best case scenario for me. Yes. So That's I, I'm, I'm going to be very happy about that if if that pans out. Because right now, yeah. right on the pegs now, you could find IG-88 and Bosk and Boba Fett on these archive line cards, which which are okay. But if they if they show up on vintage Empire Strikes Back cards, 
I'm done. Like I'm, I'm all in. It's over. You know, <laughs> all in. Just take all the money. It's all good. <laughs> and then, so are, those of you going to celebration, you're going to get a really cool little treat. Uh, they have these exclusive six-inch black series, Obi-Wan and, and Darth Maul on on vintage. I imagine this is how old we are now, Michelle. The, the Phantom Menace packaging is now like retro vintage type stuff. I know. It's, <laughs> it's crazy to look at. Like I saw, I saw like, the images come across social media yesterday going, what is, is that? That's wow. That's the that's Phantom Menace card, but a six inch figure. And I, I was so, I was, I was, I was struck a little bit. Like I had a little twang of nostalgia for that packaging, which really, when you think about it, the way that 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 line eventually sold, like people kind of scoff at that line. Oh yeah. For the for a lot of people, it was like the gateway into collecting. So there's mm-hmm. that, but also it was so overproduced. It's like a joke. But to see it again, I was like, oh man, like that is so cool. It is really cool. So that that'll be a con exclusive. That will be the uh, the new X-wing Luke. Oh yeah. Well. <sighs> I feel like I, I'm still kind of deciding. I think I might not. I'm still deciding. So I'm, I might not actually be able to go to a celebration, even though I bought my pass. So, yeah, I'm like in that mode where I'm like, do I? Uh, what am I going to do? <laughs> but this is making it hard to, ch- to choose. Well, it's, it's like it's, all these exclusive things. It's actually coming this up pretty one? quick. We're, we're about 60 it days. Is. Actually, we're, we're, less, we're, like, we're like 53 days or so from celebration as we record. I know. I know it's so hard. I haven't decided yet because I, I have to go to Japan now. So um, if I go, I might only be able to go for a couple days and I'm just trying to decide if I can, if it's worth it or if I can, you know, handle it. But it's just the books between the, the exclusive cover books and these toys. It's, it's really hard, which is why I haven't made the decision yet. Like I, I thought I wasn't going to go, but it's hard now. I can't decide. You get, you get FOMO. Yeah. FOMO is going to kill I you. I do get the FOMO. I do get the FOMO. But also, like, I I don't want to, like, overdo my body, like, push my body too far. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. A lot of travel in that it, short you know? window. Yeah, it's a lot. So You'll, you'll get con crud as well as having to I would, <laughs> travel I would to get, Japan. Ooh, boy. I know. Yeah. It's a lot of people. Uh, I feel like we'll see what happens. <laughs> But, um, yeah, if there's, unless I I can like, you know, meet Claudia Gray, um, if I can meet Claudia Gray, then I probably would go, but I don't, I don't, it's hard. Uh, Here's, here's one little episode new episode nine bit that I'm just peeking at here on, on social media. It's, it's from Sunday. Uh, apparently maybe we can expect something related to episode nine now or so ish. (gasps) Not maybe not tonight as as the Force Awakens plays, but uh, what is this guy's name? His name is Mark Allen. He is a anchor with Sacramento ABC News News Ten out of Sacramento, and he is over in Pinewood right now. And he teased that perhaps something might be coming soon. So I don't know. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to wait and see. Everybody seems to think something's coming, and or maybe it's all wishful thinking, but. Keep your antennas up, people. Something could be dropping anytime. Because people thought, like, when JJ tweeted that picture, mm-hmm. I think people had to reread the tweet a couple of times going, hey, where's the title? There's no title. JJ. 
In retrospect, I'm kind of glad he didn't because that picture was just such a statement on its own. I think if they had put the title with it, that that picture and the power of that picture mm-hmm. just gets blown out. Yeah, I think they didn't want to just like ruin our, our brains that fast. They wanted us to keep our, our brains on for a little bit more. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I do see some some people's uh, I, I'm interested to see how how some people's guesses will be, how our guesses will be accurate. Um, probably not at all. Not at all. Probably. I, I, I'll be happy about that. The, fur, yeah. the further off I am, the better. I know, right? I haven't, I, I have like a recent, like I saw one recently that I think is might, might happen, but, um, we'll see. It's exciting. I'm so excited. I, I, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, do you really think they are going to be able to wait until celebration to tell us this, this title? Is I don't that- know. Like my, in my brain, which doesn't say it doesn't count for a lot, but in my head, like every time there's official Lucasfilm Star Wars news, it it like spikes the news meter to ten. Mm, so they yes. and it, usually in a good way. Mm-hmm. So in Always. my mind, they may as well release the title sometime before that and get that bump in the media. Exactly, you, and get you, people excited for you know all the stuff that's going to come at Celebration. I yeah. feel like it would overshadow everything at Celebration if they just you know told us the title, then that's all the people are going to be talking about. And so, you know, you want to make sure you, you have, they're talking about the other stuff too. And I feel like with the news cycle at a con, like there's just so much information that like, if they released it at the con too, it would kind of like, it would just get all the other stuff would get buried kind of. And also people tend to complain about a title no matter what. Yeah. So, so like it's, it, you know, if, if you go in and they're like, okay, here's the teaser for nine and we still don't know the title. And then we see this great teaser and then the title sort of flops and go, oh, so at least maybe if they announce the the title before you get used yeah. to it and then you just say, OK, you come to grips with whatever the title is. Let's go see a teaser now. And so that's smart. but I still think they may as well just get that pop in the media by releasing the title first, spike up the news cycle and then and then hold that teaser till celebration. Or maybe they'll show us something before. I don't that would think be so, amazing. But at this point, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just in for the ride at this point. It's, it's all fun. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm having fun speculating. I'm having fun getting excited about it. It's, it's, it's all good to me. This is all super fun me right too. now. All right. So let's um, let's jump into some, some of the publishing news. We, we've Yay! kind of been holding on to some of this stuff for a few weeks. Uh, but I've been dying to talk to you about some of these these titles that are coming. Oh, my gosh. I know, so right? So much. Like we're, we're, we're talking about all the toys that are coming. All the books I mean, that are coming are just that's that's just another like nail in the coffin for our finances. They're blessing us. They are <laughs> blessing us with a written word. I mean, it's just so and and not just there's a lot of books and comics and miniseries coming out. It's just it's stuff that will be really really great and and cool. Um, I hope. I feel so. like there's no bad ones. I I mean. From what I can read in well, these let's, little synopsis. Yeah, let's go through them. We'll, we'll go th- through these synopsis here. So the first one I've got up here is Marvel Star Wars Galaxy's Edge miniseries, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Will Sliney, and issue number one will be available April 24th. And the, the synopsis is, Black Spire Outpost has long been frequented by smugglers, merchants, and travelers from every corner of the galaxy looking to make their score on the infamous black market or experience the exotic thrills the remote world of Batuu has to offer. 
aliens like the infamous Doc Ondar, a proprietor of rare and one-of-a-kind antiquities, thrive on the unique opportunities which abound on the lawless outpost at the very edge of wild space in this all-new miniseries from Marvel writer Ethan Sachs and artist Will Sliney. Like, what, what's your take on this one, Michelle? This looks really interesting. I really love the idea that they are going to do these books that, and these, I mean, these comics and these miniseries, also books as well, that revolve around kind of the galaxy's edge. I feel like this this gave this gave us a little bit more of a look into what they're trying to do with Galaxy's Edge because a lot of Galaxy's Edge stuff has been very mysterious and we haven't really been able to hear what they're doing um, regards to you know the world and how they plan to kind of get people to continue coming back to this new um, park that they're going to be doing. I love that they're doing kind of this um, they're prepping us for this world and. And I really like the idea that, um, you know, we're going to get something interesting and new. I love that it's like a lawless outpost. Um, that's really cool. And the images look really amazing. Uh, so I'm really excited. And I really loved the, uh, I really like that it's coming from this like Marvel writer. And I, I just, I am really excited about it. Well, it's it's on my pull list. Mm, but I, yeah. that's just, that I did that just out of pure excitement it's new star wars bam done but i i am overall like cautiously optimistic about it like i i feel like they might squeeze five issues worth of cash out of us right for something that you know just gives us a tiny bit of lore but like nothing of consequence black market stuff though so i mean i like the criminal kind of i've been saying i want like a crime syndicate criminal underworld type show like I, i feel like with the spy show with Cassian and we're going to get a lot more of this kind of underworld stuff and black market trading, which, um, we did kind of see a little bit of in, uh, in the, in the, in the last Jedi when we had, you know, uh, them on Canto bite and like, you know, you hear about these people who are selling to both sides. And I think it's really interesting. Um, the concept of this black market and just this underbelly, um, because I, I wanted to see that type of world. I, we'll see how far it goes. Um, but I am excited because it's it's coming out on April 24th and and the first Galaxy's Edge in Anaheim is opening in the summer uh, of this of in the summer so it, it will prep us. Um, but I, I'm just excited for anything more to learn about Galaxy's Edge because I'm you know I'm I'm whenever I go to Disneyland, I'm always trying to peek over the edge to see inside. And uh, figure out what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, all of, yeah, all these titles really set on Batu, which we'll, we'll get we'll get to them one by one here. But uh, this one, I think, is maybe the the, the big one of the group. It's called Black mm-hmm. Spire from Delray Books, written by Delilah Dawson. Delilah S. Dawson. Yeah. And so that, this one's dropping around Labor Day, September. So we got to wait a while for this one yet. But the the synopsis is very very short. In this novel, a prequel to the Disney Parks experience, General Leia Organa dispatches her top spy to Batu in a desperate search for resistance allies. That's I it. love mysterious ones. I mean, I can't wait. What was funny about this, I mean, beyond the vague description, it took the internet maybe three minutes after this came out for, for fans to decode top spy as being Vi Marathi from, mm-hmm. from the, uh, the Phasma novel. Yes. 
And it, like, I, I haven't read the Phasma novel. I'm just not interested. But n- if there was ever a reason for me now to, to get into it, it would be to to get to know Vi Marathi a little bit. Like, it sounds like she's going to be a pretty important character. It does. And it, you know what? The, I just this, this thought just came into my head. I don't know how far in advance this will be set before episode nine. Oh, yeah. Good but, point. But if if like Leia's dispatched her, so this kind of reduces. Well, we we know Leia's a nine, so it's kind of a moot point. But yeah, we I guess yeah, forget it. Leia's in nine. I thought maybe it was going to be a thing like before we knew. Oh, maybe they'd kill her off, like in, in the crawl or something. But no, that's not going to happen. Oh, right. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah. So I I'm looking forward to this because I I think this one might be the most interesting of the group. And like obviously right. I have nothing to go on here, but. I, I wonder if the resistance could rally some ki- some type of army or militia on Batu and use mm. them to ambush the first order. Ooh, that sounds that sounds like a possibility. Yeah, like I I, I don't know where Batu is really. Like I think mm. it's on the edge of the known galaxy. I well, that, I mean, it's called Galaxy's Edge, so I would assume yeah, yes. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And it, it would yeah. be on the edge of the galaxy. Would be my guess. Yeah, pr- yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, common sense. Nice to meet you. Um, I mean, it happens. Well, I wonder if it's it's sort of a thing where the the first order has pushed the resistance to this world, which is sort mm, of like like further out. Yeah, like almost like walking the plank. Mm-hmm. Like this is it. Like Batu is wa- like one more step past Batu, and you've walked the plank. You're dead. But maybe right. maybe the, the resistance is, is able to flip the tables on on the first order on, on Batu because they, they're able to recruit and it would all be because of stuff that happens in this book. Woo! And Delilah S. Dawson is a really great writer. So I'm, I, I really am excited. Sure. I do enjoy her writing. So yeah. I feel like it will be a great experience. Yeah. This one, this one is for sure. Like I'm definitely going to pick this one up as soon as I can, as soon as it becomes available, I'll, I'll grab this one. This one, like, with her with her first Star Wars book, I was like, meh, pass. But this one I am I'm definitely in. Uh next up is Crash of Fate, written by Zoraida Cordova, coming on Octo- uh, August 6th. In this young adult novel, Izzy and Jules were best friends until Izzy's family abruptly left J- uh, Batu when she was six. Now she's back, and Jules, the boy who never left, is unsure what to make of her. While on the run from vengeful smugglers and angry pirates, the two friends will come to terms with who they are and what they mean to each other. Now, I'm, I mean, this is already, uh, I'm done. I'm like about to pre-order this like yesterday. <laughs> th- this is right up your alley. I, I thought this oh, would man. be right up your alley. Like to me, this, this is the is spiritual successor to Lost Stars. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I literally was like, that's exactly, no, that's totally what I think. It just, it gives me that vibe. There were kids together. They separated, they come back together. They don't really know how to how to be around each other. And, and I just, I was like, what? At first they said young adult. I was like, oh, done. And then I read it and I was like, rip, Lost Stars. And I mean, Lost Stars is probably my favorite universe or story that I've read um, in the books. I That's a very large, like great, big comment and statement to make. But I mean, it's just epic. And I fell in love with that story. And um, I just, this, this kind of gives me that vibe. And so I feel like I'm definitely going to love it. I feel like it's going to be 
a really fun, interesting story. Um, and it, it ties into the, the park, which I think is great because, you know, a lot of kids. And so I think, I think this is going to be a home run for me. I'm very, very, I have high hopes, uh, for this, for this book. This one, I'm, I'm going to treat this one a little bit like I, the way I treated Lost Stars. Like I didn't jump into Lost Stars until I heard everybody gushing about it. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, let me, I'll take a chance. Like it's, it's a young adult novel. So it's typically priced like half the price of, of a regular novel. So what have I got to lose? But I ended up loving Lost Stars. Loving it. Oh my it. gosh. It was fantastic. So I, I have no prior experience with, with Zoraida Cordova, but I feel like I know what this book will feel like. So I'll, oh, I'll, totally. I'll wait for, I'll, like, I'll wait to, to hear what you say about it. And if you feel the same way about this as you do Lost Stars, then for sure I'm going to jump all over this. I'm excited. And I think that it, I think it's it's interesting and great to kind of bring in some fresh blood. And I think giving getting getting a YA property given to you uh, is is very big, I think, because, you know, Star Wars, they are Disney. They are marketing towards the youth. So I think um, that's just a really big market that they want to capture. They want to capture a new generation of fans at a young age that will grow up loving Star Wars and, and being involved in the fandom and, and being handed a, a YA property in Star Wars, especially a new one, I think is, is it, it will speak a lot to kind of the, um, the talent that they see uh, that they would they would choose this author. So I I I have I'm I have I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I will probably read this de- first uh, or well first, but like I I probably pick this up. I uh, usually when I pick up the books, like I have a really long stack, so I don't immediately read them. <laughs> but I feel like I I will read this immediately. I mean, it's hard because I get sent arcs and and which are advanced reader copies as a book blogger. So when I do get sent those, though, those end up having to kind of push everything else off to the side as like, you know, it's a job. I have to read them first. Um, but I feel like I will I will push those aside for this book. Like I will read this when it comes out immediately. Um, you know, if, if Disney Lucasfilm Press would like to send me an arc, I would love to read it. Just kidding. I mean, not kidding. I, I would love to read it. But um, I, I mean, I, I would just spend all my money on this. I, I have high hopes. Yeah, I, I feel like this could be... I know be, what I'm doing. Like, I feel like that could be the sleeper hit of the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. next one, though, I think is going to be the most interesting of the books. Star yes. Wars Myths and Fables. So written by George Mann with illustrations by Grant Griffin coming also August 6th. Uh, what does it say? This one is, in this middle grade novel, hear the thrilling space tales, fables, and myths that are told in a galaxy far, far away. The book features two stories that take place on the remote outer rim world of Batuu, plus many other untold tales from the edge of the galaxy, lushly illustrated in a style that pays homage to to real-world children's classics. This sounds super interesting. Like I, I mean, I, it's, it sounds incredible. I'd love and to know what passes is, for myth out there. I mean, dragons, apparently. So I'm I'm really excited. Uh, one of the stories, it says, uh, one of the stories is called The Night and the Dragon. That's the only story that we know by title that's in this book so far. Um, and, uh, when you say the word dragon, 
the co- obvious the cover has a dragon on it with a man holding a lightsaber and i mean i if you add dragons which are my favorite thing in the entire world to star wars which is my other favorite thing in the entire world and the image of two suns i mean what wh- why are you blowing my mind i how i need to i need my mind to read this book it's so good yeah I mean, it looks mythology, really really cool and what, what i like like when they frame a couple of these stories on batu maybe i'm getting my hopes up but to me it, it's pointing out that this planet is really historic and really important and yes I, I hope we get that sense in episode nine it, it feels like this planet which we've already been to like we've we've seen this planet i think uh the, the last year's thrawn book mm-hmm. yes thrawn alliances with darth vader they they went to batu and we knew then that galaxy's edge was coming as a park so we're like okay we're getting a, a peek at this world but now like they're going all in on this planet and i i really Just hope incredible. that uh like episode nine really conveys that that this world is extremely important rather than just oh a place gosh. where everybody ends up so I was just thinking, do you think that that because this is myths and fables and um, that maybe that uh, Benioff Weiss might be doing something related to this? Or do you think it's too on brand for them? That's what everybody because thinks, I right? Mean, they just, people, I think people are, uh, tend to take their Game of Thrones work and just blend it with Star Wars. No, I just mean no because there's dragons in yeah. this and there's a Which, lot of fables yeah. and mythology and and like I I feel like it it's going for that kind of like a medieval kind of like old old world thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure if that's why maybe that's why Disney reached out because they thought they could handle it the best or maybe they're doing something completely different, but um I don't know. It just kind of made me like, "Ooh, maybe um, but maybe they're not trying to like, maybe they just want to keep Batu for Galaxy's Edge and not do a series on it. But I feel like if they're going to give us this, mis- this much mythology and lore, that seems to be very, uh, it seems to be something that we haven't really heard about much. Like we've heard a little bit about it. Um, but I feel like this is just too much of like kind of a revelation for me that people wouldn't explore this more in the in the visual medium um just because i feel like it will be so visually arresting to see just kind of like i don't know an era where like dragons are flying and in space it's just space dragons that's so wild space (laughs) dragons i mean this is like i there's there's these dragons in dungeons and dragons called void dragons where they have galaxy breath that they 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 breathe galaxy breath it's just and that's all the imagery I'm getting right now. It's just everything super exciting. And I uh, just space dragons. I mean, that's, I, I can't. I feel like that, it's like Spinal Tap and Iron Maiden and Black Sabbath look at that type of thing. And, and they're just like, yes. Uh, if they put that kind of music in, in the show, if they do the show or the films and like you're hearing Sabbath while you're freaking watching a dragon at, in a lightsaber fight, like lightsabers and dragons can you imagine a jedi riding a dragon holding a lightsaber i mean that's blowing my mind that would be crazy but like if if jeff if if metal mando is driving right now i think we just he he just went off the road (laughs) it's just like i am like 
freaking pumped right now. I'm pumped up. Like that, that just, I just the cover of this. I, I mean, I can just imagine, Oh my gosh. Like, could you, if uh, it, I know it won't happen, but like I right now in my mind, I see this vivid image of Ray and Poe and Finn just on dragons, each holding a lightsaber, even though none, it's not like Poe doesn't even hold one, but it just, I can't, it's just too cool. Like that's what I want. I want, I want, I want cool space dragons. That would be pretty wild. I'll give you that. But you did say something that was pretty interesting where, is it possible that Benioff and Weiss might explore Batu? And I think as much as I think we need to move, take a step away from the Skywalkers and it sounds like, they will with future franchises. Maybe they won't. Maybe, or maybe it won't be as disconnected as we think. Right. They're, they're putting so much into Batu, including the park. Like, for they one have movie? to do films for it because there is no way that they're not going to do films that will feed people into wanting to go to the park. Like, you can't spend that much money on creating this theme park without doing that. Yeah, I mean, it's like for one movie, know? like, it, it, exactly. it doesn't make sense to me. I, like now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking as I go here, just to have Batu represented in Episode Nine and then be done with it, like move away from it, doesn't make sense. So maybe it is a planet that we are going to see. And I, I know in the in the the official news release that Lucasfilm gave out, they said that we're going to like unexplored places, never never before seen. But I think and it, you know, that's semantics because I, if I'm not mistaken, when they made that announcement. We'd have, we had technically never been to Batu, Right, exactly. That's what, that's what I was just going to counter with is just like, you know, at the time that we're launching, that they're launching Galaxy's Edge, we have never seen it before. But by the time Galaxy's Edge opens, you know, that doesn't mean that we will not see Galaxy's Edge, ext- like Batu extensively going forward in the film, in a film, in film form or a television form. I feel like, Almost all of the rides and things that are involved in Disneyland that are that are active Disneyland um, rides are based off of films that are current, and they keep updating the the rides when the films become more current. Like for example, with Pirates of the Caribbean, that was what influenced the films, and then once the films became very popular, they completely redid Pirates of the Caribbean to reflect the characters of the films to put Johnny Depp in the as his as Jack Sparrow in the film, um, and they updated the ride. So I feel like that's kind of where they go when they do when they create these rides at these theme parks. So I feel like you know there is a very high possibility that once this Galaxy's Edge does start getting up and running, that um, both parks, I guess. So maybe like that would kind of clear 2019, but by 2020, you know when the new when the next kind of uh, gen- the next iteration of, of, of films come out, it might be very well possible that they would create films that are, spawn out of this this world. Because I mean, why would you spend so much money if you weren't going to do that? It, it just makes natural sense from yeah. a marketing point. Yep, that's tough to argue other. with that. Providing because by making these new movies, you're bringing an entire new audience to this park. And by bringing these people to this park that love it so much, if you make films based out of things in the park, then that will funnel all these people to want to keep going to the park. Because maybe people might, you know, from all over the world might not want to travel to Galaxy's Edge just for one tiny movie. 
But if you create all of series of movies, then, you know, people from all over the world, instead of going to, you know, Universal Studios or Epcot, they will make pilgrimages to Galaxy's Edge. And that will be the reason why they're coming. And that's probably what they need and why, you know, that's the kind of that's the kind of investment that they're making by spending all this money. So, you know, from that standpoint, that's that makes sense to me. Yep. Because sure. um, well, like when when we heard that the park was being built, we all kind of thought, well, maybe it's going to be like a Tatooine. They're going to make. Exactly. It's going to be Tatooine. Oh, my God. We're going to get to go like eat at the, the, the cantina. And it's going to be exactly as we remember from A New Hope. Exactly. But it's not and that at they, all. They're not doing that. So if they if they. Because if they didn't have that intention, I think they would have made a tattooing. And I yes. think they would have done Hoth. And they would have done all of the things. They would do everything that we already know and love so that that's why people go there. But if they're doing this entirely new place where, you know, we don't get to go to – and people are like, well, what about tattooing? What about Hoth? Like, that's where we want to go. Then, I mean, it, it makes – it only stands to reason they, they have something more in store for Batu than just Just episode books. nine. I mean, look, they're just make, they're making all these books in order to launch Galaxy's Edge. Like once Galaxy's Edge is launched, there's no there's no saying what what the possibilities will be. So. Boy, yep. That's Michelle. I think you triggered a thought. I think I think we'll see about two in future films for sure. Yeah. Based on, based and on I, this. And I hope they do. I hope they do. I hope with the myths and fables, they might do. Kind of like an old. I mean, they could even do like old Batu, like not current Batu. They could do. They could do the history. They could do the dragons. They sure. could do the flare, and then they or they could do future Batu. They could do now Batu. I mean, it's, there's so many possibilities. This place seems to be very that have a very deep mythos. I mean, when the in the Skywalker sagas, they had you know the the journals of the willing, the temple, uh, the tree, the Kyber crystals, the books. So I feel like there's so much mythology that they brought into that. So in, to, for the next sagas, there has to be a ton of mythology and lore that that makes it mysterious and makes the characters want to explore more. So I feel like they're trying to world build here. And in, and once you world build something really great, it only ma- stands to reason you have to do something more with it. Yep. Um, and it's very rich and lush. And even the paintings of this book, it just kind of uh, evokes, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of kind of like a... a uh, Vincent van Gogh and um, a Monet vibe. And it's just very like oil. They, they, yeah. They tried to capture like a, a, like a very timeless vibe with the art. And they, I mean, they bit, even made a point of it in the, in the synopsis saying that it's, it's uh, pays lushly. homage to a, to real world children's classics. And it really does. It reminds me of those old school, like adventure books and the cover really, it reminds me of the, it really looks just like the covers of those D and D handbooks and how they paint them. It looks like the choose your own adventure novels, like even just the way that they um, blocked out the star Wars myths and fables um, in the title and how they wrote the, it looks just like a choose your own adventure novel. It's just, I mean, it, it, it tickles that like, you know, child in you and that retro vibe of when you were, you know, reading those books. It really, really reminds me of that vibe. And I think right now, nostalgia and sentimentalism is just like a huge, you know, happy place. It pushes that button in your brain. And I feel like this is really going to do that. It's a middle grade novel, but it's going to, it's, it's going to be one of those books that parents are going to really enjoy reading with their kids at night. It's illustrated. It's beautiful. And, and the stories are going to be cool. And I feel like this is going to be a bedtime staple for a lot of families going forward. Probably. like, well, And you know what? 
that said, like I, I think the book will need to be consumed with like a large grain of salt, like especially for people like me, that are, that are like we're can I'm a canon junkie, uh-huh. so like I think this can and will blur that line. So I like I'll have to tread carefully, like when I'm reading a book or reading this book, going well. This is just a story. This is a this is their myth. This probably didn't happen. This is an, an exaggerated story of something that evolved over thousands of years. Right. So well, I, I, we can't. I, mean, I, I, guess I wouldn't read it as historical text of what happened in the galaxy far, well, far away. I don't really think it's story. It's myths and fables. So I feel like it's kind of like um, you know, it's like those the stories. I feel like for me is like it's a it's a written version of probably stories of parents in Batu in this universe of what they grew up teaching or telling their children exactly. through time. So it's probably like stories that were passed down through time that are now written in a book. So how much and how accurate it is can be uh, an up for interpretation. Uh, but I feel like it's going to be one of those things where it's, it's kind of like when I think in um, things like uh, Harry Potter, when they have like Fantastic Beasts or the Tales of Beetle and the Bard, in the, th- in the last book when they have the, the story of the three brothers and that, that ends up feeding into d- the Deathly Hallows. And even though the story itself might not be real, like it's kind of talking about these items. So I feel like these stories might end up working in the universe where it's like they might, like the people in, in the Star Wars universe take these and have to interpret or pick out clues from these stories in order to kind of figure out something in their mission. Maybe that has something to do with it. Um, That would be kind of interesting to see if, uh, you know, these myths and these fables and these tales kind of make it in in some way in that, like, these are stories that were passed down through time to these characters. And there's something that these characters, especially in Batu, might be familiar with that their parents, like, told them and they grew up hearing. So that would be cool if, if that's kind of how they involved it. Um, but even if it's not that way, I mean, it's still kind of a really cool concept and idea. Oh, definitely, uh, definitely, kind of definitely. Uh, for me, like the art's going to be the big sell for me here. I can't wait to see that. But we've got uh, we've got one more book on the list, and then we'll we'll jump into uh, some more Master and Apprentice stuff because we got to talk about that. Uh, the last one is another book from Delilah S. Dawson called The Skywalker Saga, also available September third. Now this is this is not an official synopsis, but this is this was uh, Delilah herself talking about it on Twitter. She said the Skywalker saga is going to be the most exquisitely bound Star Wars storybook you can imagine, with gorgeous art by Brian Rood retelling episodes one through eight through the eyes of the Skywalkers themselves. We're talking space fairy tale style. And then she went on to say, writing this book was a revelation for me as a lifelong Star Wars fan. Watching the movies in order, closely and critically, on repeat, and seeing the themes, choices, and words, and destinies of Anakin, Luke, Leia, Ben, and Rey ripple down. Y'all, I cried a lot. Now that comment, I don't know if you saw this, Michelle, when, when she said this, but that comment set Twitter on fire. Because, oh my gosh. Because like people felt that she was insinuating that Rey is a Skywalker. Which, of mm. course, flies in the face of a lot of people's wishes for Episode Nine, specifically oh, the, yeah. the Raylo thing. <sighs> but my my knee jerk to this news was, holy crap! Like, first of all, she's really busy, Delilah Dawson. Oh my gosh, yeah. But my 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 cynical nature popped up after reading about this book. 
I, I would have pref- much, much, much preferred this book come out after episode nine so that it, it encompasses yep. the entirety of the Skywalker mm-hmm. saga and just, just having it stop at the end of The Last Jedi. Ugh, I'm not I'm not crazy about the idea of ending at one stop before the end of the line. Truth. So I, I, that said, I'll probably buy it. <laughs> I mean, same. I just, yeah, I just feel like if you're going to, if you're saying, if you're hyping that this whole, this is the conclusion of the Skywalker saga, like, I mean, the title should be like the Skywalker saga until now, or like, you know what I mean? Like it should, it shouldn't just be the Skywalker saga period. If you're not going to include the final installment, like that, that does bother me a little bit because I feel like it's just not, Ooh, I wish they had waited. Uh, as well but I mean it's still gonna be cool and I mean I listening to reading or not listening but reading her her comments about it does sound super exciting and is really cool and I I can't wait to read it but yeah there is that little nagging thing where it's like okay are they gonna re-release and add a, an addendum oh, when no, that, nine comes yeah. out and then make us buy another one like that's just ugh. That's annoying. That you would know? be super annoying. I'd be super That'd pissed be off so with that because all they'd have to do is take this book and literally delay it. I don't know what, six months to a year. Yeah. All they would have to do is like, wait, it wouldn't have, I mean, they could have just waited. Like, even if they were done and everything, like they could have waited there's And plus there's so many books that are coming out. Do, do they really need to bring this book out now on September 3rd? Like, and also, she's already she or she has two books coming out on the same day. Yeah. Black Spire is coming up on September third. That just sounds that that doesn't seem accurate. Maybe that date is wrong, or they're going to change it. I hope they are, but it's just it doesn't seem. I don't know. It doesn't seem accurate or like a smart fair. decision. It doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I mean, it's just I guess fair is the as the politically correct and accurate term, but. Uh, it's just it makes me question because usually they don't do such a thing in publishing where two big books by the same author come out on the same day they usually aggregate it so um i'm kind of surprised they didn't they didn't tell us like we don't know the real like the nature of the book like is it is it exactly who is it aimed at i'm not like it says it's, it's going to be exquisitely bound star wars storybook so like i'm not sure if they're trying to do it in terms of like if it's going to be more of like a art, an art of solo type book where it's like bigger and like has kind of an exclusive edition, or if it's going to look kind of like one of those, um, Barnes and Noble special edition, like leather cover books, like the star Wars saga ones where they have the big leather bound covers with the art on it. Like if it's going to be more like those books. Yeah. Like I feel like Uh, it might be like heavy on the art, but light on text. So maybe that's what it's going to be. But if it's going to be heavy on the art and light on text, then why did they hire Delilah S. Dawson to write it? You know what I mean? They would have hired yeah. someone else. Like she's an, she's an author. She's a writer. She writes like novels. So I, I that's also like a question. That's true. For me. That is very you know true. What I mean, because like that, why would they pick her? It, it doesn't seem she has so much on her plate too. So it's like, well, what? I don't know. But then there, because, but then, even on the other side of that, because she has so much on her plate, maybe it is not a novel because she also has another novel on the same day. And that, that just seems like a lot for like one person to have, like if she, if you think about it, if they're releasing on the same day, she probably had deadlines that were very similar and to be writing two of those (laughs) books at the same time to hand in at the same time for the same release date. That just sounds like not normal. (laughs) 
That is, it's, uh, yeah. She's superhuman, clearly. So if that's true. Um, so yeah, that blows my mind a little bit. So, um, ju- so just to wrap up on these books, like all, all minus the, the uh, aforementioned Skywalker saga book, you know, I've enjoyed, you know, I get that they have this theme park and, and you know, they want to share that and promote it. And so all these books notably get set on Batu. But I, I really, I want these books to have some sort of tie to episode nine. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, they've yeah. not even, we've not even, so that, that's four novels, five plus the Skywalker saga, six plus Master and Apprentice, which we'll get to. That's, that that's not even the books on the journey to episode nine. Cause you know, remember we did journey to force awakens and journey to last Jedi. They haven't announced those journey to episode nine books yet. There's going to be a second wave of stuff coming. And the art of star Wars rebel book is coming out on October 1st. Yeah. So, like, you know, that's a lot. There's hundreds of dollars in novels here tied up in it. Not to mention like, you know, the, the hundreds of dollars we talked to off the, uh, off the top with the collecting. 2019 is right. going to kill me. It is. I just, I clearly just need to file for bankruptcy at this point, Pretty or much. I need to find like a freaking sponsor or like, you know, I, I don't even know. <laughs> it's just impossible. Um, or maybe we just need to create like a library sharing system where like each one of us buys a book and then we like share it with each other. Uh, yeah, it's just, I don't really see like, it, it's just hard. Like, how are we going to prioritize which books we're going to get and you know and the art books are a lot bigger and they cost a lot more so it's just like oh man buy a new bookshelf like that that's that's not that you gotta buy we're gonna i'm gonna have to buy another bookshelf i'm I'm i mean at this point i already have an i'm gonna have an entire bookshelf like half of one of my bookshelves is already all star wars books like it's just gonna be an entire book bookshelf star wars books now it's just impossible I, uh, yeah, space. Space is a problem for me. Like, we, um, we are so I spoiled. In an apartment, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at us complaining about this stuff. Like, seriously. But I mean, it's it's a challenge. I I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I I, I really don't. Like, I look at all these things and go, yeah, I want this. Yeah, I want this. Yeah, I want this. But I, what I do know is what everybody knows about me is that I'm a terrible reader. I'm so slow to get on these things. I'm going to have, it's going to take me forever to read these books once I get them. Got to get an audio book. Yeah. Audio, like I keep, yeah. Audio book has been my, my go-to, but I, 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 I like having the book. Audible person. Yeah, me too. I, I'm just like, I, I can't not have the book. It's just really hard for me. Um, I'm, I'm a purist when it comes to, to books. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of am too, but I've, I've had no choice. I've had to go to the audiobook if i want to if i want to consume these stories yeah i feel you i mean if i want to as a book blogger like if we don't if we aren't listening to books too it's just like we're just behind so i mean i i'm a little bit behind on my audiobooks because I, for me i have this book thing with uh with the readers like if if the reader does, if the reader's too corny or cheesy like i i can't i can't listen to it i i have to read it because the voice is just wrong in my head but well, one of the cool things they're doing now is, uh, like, Cat Tabor is doing the the uh, audiobook for yes. for uh, what, uh, Queen's Shadow. Yes, I'm so That's excited. That's amazing. And of course, uh, Ashley Eckstein did did the Ahsoka book. Yes. I, I oh hope they God, do this all the time. 
I hope so too. I think, I think it's really great because we have, we have these comics now. I mean, I mean the, the animation now, so we do have these voice actors. So, I mean, why wouldn't you, unless they were like, you know, busy and unavailable, it just makes sense. And, um, it's, it's, so, really it's so much more immersive. Yeah. And it, and it, it, it makes us excited as fans to, to be able to listen to a character's voice that we are already accustomed to and that we know and love. So it really just helps bring that extra element of that universe and world to life where you're already like immediately in your brain, you already from page or line one, you, you just are in, in the story because the voice is the voice you're used to of that character. So it's like that character is talking to you in your head, which is yep. incredible. It, it's you know? super amazing. Anyway, yeah. so that, there's there's a, a quick look at some of the stuff coming up soon. Uh, let's take a, a few minutes here and and just appreciate the majesty of Master and Apprentice, which is coming from Claudia Gray. Like this book is going to blow minds. I am absolutely it's certain just, of it. So we got we, <laughs> we got an, a, an excerpt last week but we also the synopsis i'm not going to read the whole excerpt because we'd be here for the next three hours but uh about master apprentice here's the synopsis an unexpected offer threatens the bond between qui-gon jinn and obi-wan kenobi as the two jedi navigate a dangerous new planet and an uncertain future a jedi must be a fearless warrior a guardian guardian of justice and a scholar in the ways of the force but perhaps a jedi's most essential duty is to pass on what they have learned master yoda trained dooku Dooku trained Qui-Gon Jinn, and now Qui-Gon has a Padawan of his own. But while Qui-Gon has faced all manner of threats and danger as a Jedi, nothing has ever scared him like the thought of failing his apprentice. Obi-Wan Kenobi has deep respect for his master, but struggles to understand him. Why must Qui-Gon so often disregard the laws that bind the Jedi? Why is Qui-Gon drawn to ancient prophecies instead of more practical concerns? And why wasn't Obi-Wan told that Qui-Gon is considering an invitation to join the Jedi Council, knowing it would mean the end of their partnership? The simple answer scares him. Obi-Wan has failed his master. When Jedi Rail Avaros, another former student of Dooku, requests their assistance with a political dispute, Jin and Kenobi travel to the royal court of Pijal for what may be their final mission together. What should be a simple assignment quickly becomes clouded by deceit and by visions of violent disaster that take hold in Qui-Gon's mind. As Qui-Gon's faith in prophecy grows, Obi-Wan's faith in him is tested, just as a threat surfaces that will demand that Master and Apprentice come together as never before or be divided forever. I love it, Michelle. I love this dun, synopsis. Dun, dun. Oh my god, it's so exciting. I love how carefully worded it is. I, I really mm-hmm. believe that every word was chosen very carefully. Oh, yes. Like fra- phrases totally. like failure mm-hmm. and, and pass on what you have learned, laws that bind the Jedi, ancient prophecies, practical concerns, like especially with failure. Like this, again, it'll bring up that theme from, from The Last Jedi. And just from the synopsis, both Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Both of them are worried of failing each other. Yeah. Which is just... And and also like essential duty, like oh man, it's really exciting. I just it feels like yeah, every single word like we could break this down and do like an entire episode on it. It's just very very meticulous, um, and it sounds really exciting. And also this this other Jedi, former student of Dooku, 
that you know that arrives and it's just what well i've been, I've been dying for dooku like there's oh. just not enough uh, dooku content there in my, in my life there really isn't we need more dooku content and i mean i love that that's that's where they pulled from so which makes sense being that it's qui-gon and uh <clears throat> obi-wan so you know it's just exciting and it talks about faith and prophecy um like this book's gonna have it all yeah it's it's like qui-gon's faith and prophecy obi-wan's faith in qui-gon oh well, it looks like it's also going to double down on some concepts that were set up in The Phantom Menace that maybe we whiffed on as a fandom for, for a lot of time. Like, Obi-Wan uh, is, at, or at least at the time, he was like the, the by-the-book Jedi learner. Mm-hmm. Like he read the textbooks and he, he, was, he did what he was told. But Qui-Gon is that renegade hippie Jedi. He really is. You know, like, we'll, get, just... we'll get some of the great insight on, on what made... You know, those mantra thumping Jedi of the prequel era, such an easy mark for Palpatine and the Sith to to bring down. Yes. But like Qui-Gon should have been the guy the council listened to that the whole time. That, yeah, that, yeah, that changes that cycle, that breaks the cycle. And, it's, and it's, it came so close, right? Like the, we, we we read in the synopsis that – and they, they elaborate on it in the excerpt that Qui-Gon gets offered a seat on the Jedi Council. Yeah. But we so we know he doesn't end up there. Right. But man, how things would have could have been different if he had exactly. been there. Like knowing that he's he's yeah, like he's considering an invitation to join. That's that's news. So I mean that's that's really interesting. And exactly, like what if he had done that? How it, would it have makes the, th- everything's completely different. Yeah, it would have made it would have changed everything. So just and and to see and to be able to finally read, you know, just not finally because we didn't even know, but like just be able to read just that process of him processing that and why why didn't he choose that and like if we're going to get to see his decision making process, which I'm sure we are, which is going to be like really interesting to see his thought process as to why he didn't make that choice because it it it. it it would have been really, it's going to be so interesting to see like his thought process behind that and, and why he didn't do it. Um, Absolutely. Oh, I can't wait so, to read that. Like, I, like how would his influence on the council? Like, oh man, geez, like my mind is just racing here. Like, and also I don't like, want to do all and, the dominoes, but like, would they, like Qui-Gon probably doesn't meet Anakin in the same way. He doesn't. Which, he which of course doesn't. has a huge domino effect, but it it all brings me back. Like, I wonder if Palpatine will play a role in keeping Qui-Gon off the council. Yeah, that's in, that that would be really interesting to see as well. I mean, that could be very much possible because I, it, it's also kind of like, I'm also interested to see like um, the how the Jedi invited him and like how, what influenced them to re- give them that invitation considering he's so different from them. Um, and the way that he approaches uh, his training and, and just his idea process because he is kind of this rogue and, and he's a little different. Um, so, you know, the, how they reached out, what their process, what, what their um, intentions were with bringing someone in that was so different. Was that a choice that they consciously made? Was it who whose decision, whose choice was it? Was it a decision they all came together unanimously? Um 
I mean, even that is is kind of fascinating to me as well. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm just so stoked. But it does it does kind of bring to mind a, a bit of a conflict with with the Phantom Menace, where he we know in this book he's going to get the offer. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they rescind the offer, if he if Qui Gon rejects the offer. But then, like exactly. that's not, in in the Phantom Menace, Obi Wan says, "If you would just listen, you would be on the council." But in the excerpt that we got, the council gave Qui Gon the invitation, knowing that he's a bit of a renegade. Yeah. So exactly. That, that those two things don't kind of mesh super well, but I'm sure I'm sure Claudia Gray is gonna iron it all out. Yeah. And if, if anyone if if it were if it were any other author, I would be nervous. But because it's Claudia Gray, I have so much faith in this book and and um and the fact that she will be able to kind of iron out these these thing these these questions and these these concerns that we might have. So um, I have a lot of faith in this book and in her in her because she has never she's never once done done me wrong. So. Yeah, she's she's one person, one author where I could say like I have pretty much blind faith. Yep, I, she's just so consistent and she just always surprises me. And I just every everything I've read by her has been a slam dunk. So. I just, um, it's going to be great. Needless to say, all in on this book. I'm all in. I mean, I already pre-ordered it. So, I mean, it's coming on the day that it releases. Yeah, I think we are going to hit on that book really, really hard. We will definitely do an entire episode dedicated to this book. At least one. (laughs) At least one. (laughs) Minimal. I I think it's going to be one of those books that we we look back on and, and... not see it as groundbreaking, but very revelatory. Like, could this book touch on Obi-Wan and Satine's relationship? Oh my god, please. That would be amazing. Right? Like, that could be really, really cool. Like, I get the sense the book is not set too far in front of The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's still fallout from that relationship. Yeah, I mean, if even if there is, if it even if it isn't, like, an active part like if they're still not you know actively in that we could we could see the fallout we can see how this has affected his him and his psyche and if that kind of influences him in in this like but in a deeper way because it's a book and they explore kind of more of the inner thoughts and ideas and in a different way than we see on film um we get to kind of enter their brain and process these these emotions and these feelings and these experiences with them uh kind of almost like we're on a fly on the wall inside of their skull so um i think that would be really really fantastic and and being that it's claudia gray and knowing that she wrote what like right right, knowing her past works in the star wars universe i i think that there is a likely possibility that it could at least even just a touch of it or a mention could happen. Yeah. Right there with you. Oh, I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait to read this book. It's going to be so good. So good. And even if, like, even, like, one thing I've wanted to see, I've really been dying to see for years and years now is Dooku and Qui-Gon together. Yes. I want to, I hope this book brings those two together. Oh man. It's got it. I need that. I need that, need that, need that. Whether it's flashback or like an, an active part of the story where they're speaking to one another, I need to see. I, I, I got to get those two together. I need it. We need it. Please, please, God, give it to us. I feel <laughs> like 
I feel like because there's going to be so much Galaxy's Edge content, like the non-Galaxy's Edge content that we're going to get is going to be very concentrated and and very like saturated in, in what we need. Um, I don't know. That's just my brain deciding that on the spot. So <laughs> I feel like um, it's going to be a very like good infusion of of uh, of Star Wars info that that isn't to do with the Galaxy's Edge kind of launching stuff. for sure. Oh, I, I think that of, of everything, which is, I don't want to say this, but this is the book I'm most excited for of all of them, mm. and it's the one that's coming almost soonest. Like Queen's Shadow comes first. And then Master and Apprentice comes after that. And then I, if I'm not mistaken, all of the Batu-oriented stuff follows. Will be after that, yeah. So but yeah. Anyway, this book, this is my Everest. This book is going to be fantastic, and I, I just can't wait. I, I will happily plunk down whatever it costs to get this book and, and read it day one. I can't yep. wait. Uh, all right. So we talked about hundreds of dollars in novels that that we're going to get. Let's talk about some of the stuff that we are reading right now to, to kind of wind down the show. What what uh, have you been reading lately? Um, for me, mainly, I am reading the Woman of the Galaxy book by Amy Ratcliffe. Uh, this gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful book that we have talked about um, on the Journals of the Willing. Um, there's a lot of beautiful art inside. Uh, the four by Kathleen Kennedy was actually really really incredibly interesting and illuminating um it's dedicated to carrie fisher which i mean for carrie fisher that page just i mean even that alone i was emotional for like a solid 15 minutes last night um but kind of reading reading through each of the women it's just been really fantastic and the artwork is beautiful and i've actually learned some things about um, a lot of the women in the galaxy. Yeah, well, what I've heard, I I regrettably don't have this book yet. It's still on my Amazon wish list. I will pick it up. But I've heard that like Amy did her work. Like she dug deep oh, on a lot of these characters, and it's not just like a surface level. Oh no, bio. it's not surface at all. Like each, I mean, certain characters obviously, depending on who they are, have multiple pages. Like for example, Ahsoka Tano is is probably like the third. Her, I think it's like the third or fourth character that is maybe I th- no she's the third she's the third character and she gets about two three four she gets a solid like four fold out pages of like writing and images and then you know the smaller characters will have like one page um, of text, but they might be two columns. Like it's very, very meticulous. And they talk about where they were born, childhood. Um, they'll, she writes a little bit, if the, there's an actress that has portrayed the character, then they talk a little bit of the care of the, of the actress that portrayed the character and thoughts and process, the thought process behind the character's interpretation of the, of, uh, the actor's interpretation of the character and, and what they tried to highlight, um, when they were performing and it's just very, very incredible and very deep, um, information. There's also lots of quotes when it comes to each of the characters inside, um, it's just beautiful. And it kind of, it, it does illuminate some things, um, as well that you didn't know before. 
Um, but I mean, it has all of the characters, you know, and love, like there's Kira, there's R2KT. Like, it, it's not even just the, the, the human characters or, um, the humanoid looking characters or, you know, they also have the droids and, you know, it's just, it's just really amazing that just the, the inclusivity of all of, of the characters that are highlighted and the different art styles and, um, yeah. Did they, did they include any prints? Um, no, but I, these, they don't have prints per se, but there are pages where it's a full page of just art. So, I mean, I could imagine if someone liked them enough, they would just cut it out. But <laughs> it's just, yeah, or, or scan it and get it printed or something. Scan it and get it printed. Like, it's just, they are full pages and they're very high definition. So they are print quality. Like, this page could very well be a print. It's the type of, and the paper is, um, is a photo paper. It's not thin. It's very thick and a good quality print paper. Like this is the type of paper that I see when I get prints from artists who send, it's like poster paper. So it's, it's very high quality. Um, and the art is beautiful. So I, I could see it. I, and they do make it a point to kind of do certain, certain pages where there are arts. So the front page of that art. And so each page that has art on it, the front and back also have art. So it's like a print page. So if people were to kind of print it or to kind of pull it apart and put it on the wall, you aren't taking away any of the actual writing that's in the book. So it's really smart smart because I feel like that, like, like you said, Kyle, like it's, that's kind of one of the things they're trying to do. I think they're making it so that if you are trying to do that, I mean, it is one thing I noticed that every piece of art is the art page is the same on the, on the back and the front. It's not the same, even if it's not the same person and there's a different character, the art page is an art page back and front. So it can print, I think it can double as a print page. So um, that's something that I really appreciate as a, like as someone who does like books, I don't usually deconstruct my books, but um, I, I appreciate that if we, if I wanted to, I wouldn't be taking away from the actual written content of the book. It would still be there. And I think that's that's something they consciously did. I don't know if they consciously did it, but to me, it seems like something they consciously did. I would say and, so. Uh, yeah, and I, I just love that even when you take the jacket off, the inside hardcover of the actual book is um, the, is the art of the um, of Ray in the front, and then the art the cover of Ray. It's the print of the hardcover book is that it has the print on the cover without the title on it, so it's the full actual art of her. And then the back is the image of uh, Carrie Fisher in her dress from A New Hope, the white dress. And that also in the back has like the barcode and stuff on it on the actual kind of like jacket of it. But on the actual book, on the back of the cover, it's a full size, full color inside like cover, hard cover of the jacket. So it's really, really amazing. Very, very cool. Um, I just I love when when publishers take that extra care to give um, give us that extra something when we are spending a little bit more money on something than just a regular paperback that they are giving us our money's worth by providing a really, really beautiful copy of a book. And um, that's something that I really appreciate. So, so what you're saying is this book is worth picking up. Oh my gosh, it's totally <laughs> worth picking up. It's, it's a little pricey. I think it's like $30 US. Uh, 21.99 pounds UK. So I'm guessing in Canada, it would probably be closer to like $35. 
um, because it's 30 here. But I mean, I bought mine at Barnes and Noble and this weekend, I think in, they had a 25% off president's day coupon for any one item in the store. So if that, and that is a coupon plus if you have like a bar, I have a Barnes and Noble card. So that's an extra 10% off and I have a Barnes and Noble credit card. So that gives me cash back. So I definitely saved a lot of money on buying this book. So if you do have a little, if it is a little bit pricey for you at $30, it is totally worth it. But if you do kind of do those kind of little coupon things, it, you can get it for um, a, a cheaper price. So it's definitely worth it. I'm really glad I invested in it. Um, I, it's beautiful and not just beautiful, but the writing is, is extensive. And so I feel like with art books, sometimes you're just paying for the art and not necessarily just for the writing. And the writing is kind of like, like a number two to the, to the art, which is the point. But this book is, it, they're both equal to me. Yeah, well, That's what I've heard. Like <clears throat> if you're a Canon junkie like me, this book will like, it doesn't disappoint. Exactly. I, it's, it's, it's definitely not just art. It's, it's, and it's not just like, and, and, and not, and not like the art of solo or the art of, you know, the force awakens where they're just talking about behind the scenes stuff. Like this stuff talks about the character and talks about the behind the scenes stuff and sometimes talks about, um, like how the character came to be and like the creation process behind it as well. So, so um, yeah, this is a, like a really complete, yeah, book. it's very complete. Uh, you get a lot from it. And so it tickles a lot of different parts of your brain um, as a fan. So I think uh, it's definitely worth, worth a, a look, even if you're just going to the bookstore to flip through it. I, um, if you're still not sure, I would recommend flipping through it at a bookstore or, um, even looking at a preview online or something, because it's just incredible. And also in my heart, like being able to see, um, Billy Lord as conics in the same book where her mother is uh, Leia. And it's just, oh man, I'm already getting tearing up. I'm tearing <laughs> up already. Like, it's just, it's, it's, I think it's super special. So for sure. Uh, like my, my wife uh, sent me the, the link to this and she's like, why don't we own this yet? I, I don't know how she came across it, but she sent me the link. She goes, where is this? Like, why don't we have this? And I'm like, cause I'm an idiot and I just haven't done it yet. Like my wish list is, is a mile Day. long. <laughs> well, it would have been a great value. Yeah, she, well, she would see right through that. I'd buy if I, <laughs> like it's a gift for you, but also for me. Pretty much, because it would end up on my in my bookshelf, and I would end up reading it long before she does, and probably keeping it. I also it. think um, that this is a great if anyone is looking for a, a present for a daughter or a young niece. Um, I highly recommend this book. I think this would be a wonderful book to gift a young girl. Because it's just really inspiring, and um, it, there's just so many different types of women, and in the galaxy, there's you know different characters, and they're all in the same book, and you can all access them at the same time. So you get like Princess Leia, and then you get you know uh, Asajj Ventress, and you get uh, you know Sabine, and you get all these different people that are. You get Hera, you get bad guys, you get good guys, you get everything in between. Well, interestingly, I th I think uh, well, we saw this these images circulated after the announcement of the Black Spire novel, but Vi uh, Marathi is in the book. Yes, Vi Marathi is in the book. So you get you'll get if you don't know who she is, but you want to know where she is, who she is because she's going to be important at some some on some level. This might be a good place to like you said go to the just go to the bookstore. If you don't want to drop down the 30, 35 bucks for it. 
just flip through it. Flip to the Vimerati page and, and uh, you know, learn about her. Exactly. And, and, and they're all the, all the characters are, are kind of, it, it's just really great. And I, I, I think if you do go to the book and bookstore and flip through it, like you're going to want it. So, um, you know, you, if you just be smart, keep an eye out for, for the coupons. And, uh, yeah, the, I really am so glad that I checked my email when I was at the bookstore because I would have missed the $25 off one item in a store. Um, and I used it on this. So it definitely helped me buy it. And, uh, um, sure. absolutely. It's worth it. Uh, I, well, there you go. There's a, there's a ringing endorsement. I'm, and it's, it's, yeah, I'm going to have to kick that up the list a little, a little bit. I might <laughs> maybe order it along with master and apprentice and just kill yes. two birds with one stone. Oh my gosh. That's uh, a I've, great rating. <laughs> I have been reading something I said I would wait for the trades for. Uh, I picked up a couple of issues of the age of series. So I, I picked up Age of Republic, uh, Anakin Skywalker, and Django Fett. And to my surprise, they're both actually pretty damn good. Yay. Like really interesting stories. I thought maybe they'd be kind of fluffy and, and just sort of a cash grab. But uh, Anakin's story was, was very interesting. Like it, it showed Anakin grappling with the idea of killing innocent people en masse in the name of winning the war. Like for at at this point, I think it's it's set it's during the Clone Wars, uh, but he, he doesn't have his long mop, so I think it's closer to Attack of the Clones, maybe. Some somebody, some junkie somewhere knows exactly because of some reference or whatever. But, <laughs> um, like at, at this point, like the 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 means don't justify the ends for Anakin, and it turns like really he's yeah, it's really interesting because it, it, he's proven right. At, by the end of the book, because if they if Anakin had carried out the attack that he was asked to do, uh, the Republic would have killed hundreds or thousands of, of civilians at a factory. But they would have like the Republic would have taken a really bad PR hit for right. killing all these people because it was, it was sort of a setup from the separatists. They were trying to make the the Jedi and the Republic look bad. But Anakin was the one that sort of said, Hey guys, we, I don't think we should do this. And it's a sort of, it highlighted for me the, the total collapse of judgment that Anakin has once he turns to the dark side, which is really just like a year or two after this novel or after this, this comic. Right. Like he becomes the exact opposite of, of this person. Like genocide's no big deal for Vader (laughs) in the years to come. Yeah. So this, this, that really stood out to me. And it also kind of makes a little it winks a little bit at that joke that he makes to Pad Padme in Attack of the Clones on their picnic where he says that, hey, you know, dictatorship's not not so bad if it makes everybody happy. <laughs> it it kind of plays around in that area a little bit. So That's really I, I thought it was really good. And then the, uh, the Django Fett book, and I, I'm not a big Django Fett guy, but this was also pretty solid. Like it's it. It's doing that thing that Lucasfilm always does now, where they kind of humanize the villain or the like, humanize the other side. Yes, I like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Like we're not supposed to be rooting for Django Fett, but you kind of do. I kind of I really love when 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 creators or anyone does that, where it doesn't. It's not that they excuse the behavior, but it gives you context as to why they became who they are, yep. and like the circumstance and the. Then it gives you that idea of nature versus nurture where, you know, it's like the circumstance and 
and kind of gives you context for why someone can be or develops in a certain way because it's their their process of thinking and how they view the world is so different from how you would so when someone is able to provide that context is to like to humanize them a little bit or to show that everything not everything is white and black there's a lot of gray in between and as you grow older that's something you realize but when you're younger it's really hard to kind of see that there's so much in between that people aren't just good and bad they're human and I feel like when you kind of are able to kind of give that back a little bit where you infuse, you know, well, you know, this person does have emotion or I think that it always makes a character fascinating. I, I really love that when people do that because it kind of makes you think about, about things a little bit deeper. Yeah. It, it takes you out of your comfort zone. Like yeah. I hate Django Fett because he's bad. Well, wait, hold on a sec. He called himself a simple man trying to make his way in the universe maybe it's maybe that's it maybe maybe that's all he is and a job is a job and you know unfortunately he he kind of ran into the wrong people that wrapped him up into something he probably didn't want anything to do with you know yeah and yeah that makes some sense the, the the big the thing i took out of this issue is he seems to be kind of detached from the clone army like the the caminoans are like I got the page open here. It says, uh, "Not a single unit, uh, not a single clone unit has fallen below combat para- parameters. You must be very proud." And Django says, "What do I have to be proud of? Livestock bred as cannon fodder. Like you said, they're your creations." He doesn't seem to give a rip about these clones that are. It, it's basically millions of copies of him, right? And he doesn't care. Like he's just like to him. He got he got like, paid to do something. Yeah. He's got no, he has no emotional attachment to what they're doing. He just wants to get on with it. But that it all, sounds fascinating. It, it is pretty fascinating because it also deals a lot with, with him as a dad mm-hmm. with, 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 uh, Boba, young Boba Fett. And anyway, we, we talk, sometimes we, we joke around in Star Wars fandom about who, who's the best dad in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Django is a bad father. Considering yeah. who he, considering what he did for a living, mm-hmm. like you, you generally, genuinely get the sense that he cared about Boba, loved him, and and cared about his well being. He just didn't see him as this creature that kind of leeches from him. Right. He cared. So that, that's kind of what I what I took out of this. And but once again, like whether it's it's Claudia Gray's books, like. Lost Stars did that where we feel for the for the Imperials. We learn about the Imperials and sympathize with them. And she did it again with Bloodline and uh, the Ransom Ca- Castafo character. And like now I'm playing Battlefront too. Uh, oh sweet. Yeah, Iden Versio, right? Like she's she's an Imperial who who kind of turns tail, but you kind of you you see things from their side of the story. And it totally. Star Wars is really doing this a lot these days. If if not so much on the big screen as so as to keep it simple, mm-hmm. in the publishing side, and I guess the video game side, they're they're doing some interesting stuff with that with that gray area. But like, Which is fantastic. Pal- yeah, Palpatine's line of "good as a point of view" has never been, I think, more more accurate, more accurate, more relevant in in Star mm-hmm. Wars storytelling. Yeah, it's just great. So that's it. I'm I'm done. My voice is shot. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. 
So, uh, Michelle, we're going to sign off. But before we do, where, where do people find you on social media? On social media, you can find me at tediously underscore brief on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can find my book blog and all of my collecting gear and anything about books uh, over on my bookstagram, uh, which is traveling book nerds on Instagram. And you can also find me on Facebook at Michelle Grundine. There you go. And uh, I can be found across the board at Tumbling Saber. And also, please come join our Facebook group. Our closed group is is so much fun. It's been rip rocking fun lately. We've been, people have just been active and posting and having a great time. So come join us there. And uh, that's it. I, w- I want to shout out Rob Wade from Emotionally14.com for endorsing this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Rob. You can also check out his book, Assorted Thoughts on Podcasting. If you are a current podcaster or thinking about it, this is a great book for you. It's a couple bucks. You get through it in an hour or so, and it will really help you clear up your thoughts on on what, what it takes to do some podcasting. Uh, and also, be sure to check out our friends, our partners over at StarWarsCommonwealth.com. We have a bunch of great shows. Whatever it is you like about Star Wars or Nerddom, we've got a podcast that will that will cover it for you. So check it out at StarWarsCommonwealth.com or on iTunes as a podcast provider. And so that's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to episode 163. And uh, we'll catch up with everybody again later next week. And our powerful friends this week will be treated to an episode of Sith Disturbers. Can't wait to get back to that. And so that's it, everybody. Have an awesome week, and we will talk to you later. Struggle for the answers. Questions frighten me. Circles getting wider. It's harder just to see. Your voice is sending shivers to shout right through